Hi, Mouse Planeteers, and welcome to Mouse Station in orbit around Mouse Planet. I'm Mike Demopoulos, a former Walt Disney World cast member. And I'm Mark Goldhaber, editor and staff writer here at MousePlanet.com. This is episode number nine for March 8th, 2007. Welcome to the podcast. Each week, we'll broadcast from this orbital outpost, bringing the latest from the world of Mouse Planet. You can send us feedback by sending email to podcast at mouseplanet.com or by calling our toll-free feedback line at 1-866-939-2278. We love it when you call the feedback line because then we can play your call on the show. As always, we'd also like to thank our sponsor, Small World Vacations, Mouse Planet's preferred Disney travel provider. In this week's feature, we'll talk with Angie and Brian Davis, whose family was the first to stay in the suite inside Cinderella's castle after winning a Good Morning America contest. And now, on with the show. Now it's time for the tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Tim Bannock, whose magical moment we read last week. Tim writes... I was just listening to show seven and heard the lady talking about getting wheelchairs and ECVs in the parks and wanted to pass along some info. My daughter, 11, has juvenile arthritis. She was diagnosed at 18 months. Yes, kids get arthritis, one in 1,000. Anyways, for our last trip in 2006 and for our upcoming trip in March 07, we rented a wheelchair for 10 days, and I believe it'll cost us 100 to $125. Well worth it to make sure she isn't in pain and can enjoy her vacation and ours. My wife found a company called Care Medical Equipment in Orlando, 1-800-741-2282, and they delivered the chair to our resort and picked it up when our visit was complete. Just thought I would pass the info along. That's good information. I, I should note that Mousepad member Terry has a small website on disability information for Disney travelers, including a page that has rental companies for ECVs, wheelchair, oxygen, and other medical equipment in both Orlando and Anaheim. So whether you're going to Walt Disney World or Disneyland, Terry's page can give you some good places to rent some medical equipment. She's got, looks like, five locations in Orlando and three in Anaheim. So we will link to Terry's page on the show notes. I would also like to add, although Care Medical Equipment is a good local Orlando company, when I did luggage as a bell person, when I was working at Disney's Pop Century Resort for the, my year there, we got lots and lots of ECVs and wheelchair and oxygen tank rentals and all sorts of things. In my opinion, the most reliable and cost-effective company that exists and the one with the best service if something does go wrong and will replace it fastest is walker medical and mobility products and they're actually the first site linked on terry's page <laughs> yes ironically and their phone number is 1-888-SCOOTER yep so anyway again we will have uh links to terry's page which includes walker medical and care medical and three other places in orlando as well as three in anaheim um, for those of you who are renting wheelchairs and other equipment, I, I will note that if you are going to need wheelchairs for all travel and not just for in the parks, you probably want to rent it from an outside agency because if you're renting a wheelchair in the parks, then when you leave the parks, you leave the wheelchair. 
you have a tip to share with our listeners, send it in to podcast at mouseplanet.com. We'll give you credit on air if we use your suggestion. And that's our tip of the week. Before we get to the main featured topic, we'd like to mention that registration is now open for the spring 2007 edition of Mouse Adventure. What is Mouse Adventure, you may ask? Good question. Here are West Coast field reporter Stephen Ang and event organizer Adrian Vincent Phoenix with more information. This is Stephen Ng, West Coast field reporter for the Mouse Station podcast. I'm at the Charming Shop in Orange, California, visiting with Adrian Vincent Phoenix, coordinator of Mouse Adventure. Adrian, thanks for meeting with us today to talk about Mouse Adventure. Last week, you announced the dates for this spring edition of this year's event. First, what is Mouse Adventure? That's probably the toughest question to answer, but it's the most important because we have to help teams figure out if they want to play or not. Mouse Adventure is really unlike anything you've ever done. You're going to spend a day at the Disney theme parks, and you're going to be looking for clues. You're going to be solving puzzles. You're going to be really experiencing the parks in a way that you've never done before. It's a combination of a road rally, a scavenger hunt. I mean, pretty much any kind of game that you can think of somehow gets incorporated at some point in a Mouse Adventure. Typical Mouse Adventure event is based on a combination of activities. We have quests, I Spy, and Trivia. Those are the three main categories. And what are quests? The quests are the major portion of the game. We have quests that are ranked in difficulty from A all the way up to E. And the quests will send the teams into the Disney theme parks to accomplish a certain task or solve a puzzle or answer a question. For example, really basic quest. We'll send you to Toontown. We'll say, go count the number of blue trash cans at Mickey's house. You tell us that's two. We say, okay, great. Go over to Roger Rabbit Cartoon Spin and find a license plate on the wall that has that number on it. And then using the information off that license plate, we'll have you go do something else, maybe find the color of a car that's parked somewhere in Toontown. You know, really simple. That's a really basic quest. You know, nothing's going to be quite that easy. But that's really the gist of a mouse adventure. You're going to go somewhere, get some information, and use that information to solve another puzzle. We use a lot of word puzzles in mouse adventure, things like crosswords and word searches. For example, we may ask you to list the names of all of the vegetables growing in Minnie's garden, then locate those same words in a word search puzzle. Um, the remaining letters could spell out a question, maybe something like, which character poses as an angel on top of Minnie's wishing well? Of course, it's a real basic example, but that's the nature of a word puzzle. And to do that, teams are going to have to go on rides, pay attention to buildings and signs, walk through stores and restaurants, really expand their awareness of the Disney Resort. Who can participate? The game is open really to anyone that wants to spend a fun day discovering new things about the Disneyland Resort. I mean, we keep getting bigger. Sometimes we have lots and lots of new teams, um, and sometimes we have a lot of teams that have played before. Um, we've added a new family division to this event, and this time we're encouraging families with children as young as six to participate as a team. When will Mouse Adventure happen? The spring event is going to be Sunday, April 29th at the Disneyland Resort. How many teams are going to be participating this year? We've had to make a bit of a change to the registration this time, and there is a strict limit of 500 players. That's going to work out to about 150 teams, so we're encouraging teams to register as soon as they know that they can participate. And how do they register? Registration is going to be online starting March 7th on mouseplanet.com. There will be a link from the front page. Registration will go through April 19th or whenever registration is full. If any of our listeners are uh, interested in, in participating this year, what do you suggest they do to prepare? 
some of our teams go all out to prepare for mouse adventure. Um, they have study sessions and they take notes, but they're really the exception and really not the rule. If your team is local, it might be a good idea to visit the park the weekend before the event to get familiar with any changes that may have happened since your last visit. But if your team's traveling to Mouse Adventure, there's a lot you can do. Study park maps on the way, bring some Disney trivia books or games with you so that you can prepare while you're traveling. Um, Disney Trivial Pursuit and Disney Seen It are good games that you can use, um, not because we copy their questions, but because it's kind of the similar format of things that we might ask you about characters of the parks. Other than studying for the game, which you really don't need to do, the most important thing you can do is read all of the rules, the event schedule, and the helpful information that we're going to provide to the teams. We're making some changes this year. We're going to be posting all of that information on the Mouse Planet website well in advance of the game. So there's really no reason that teams can't go on the website, get that information weeks in advance, and be really ready for the game. It's not going to be incumbent on the team captains to send that information out to their players this year. All of the players are going to be able to access that information for themselves. Um, we're making it easier for the entire team to get prepared well before the event. So that's really the best thing teams can do to prepare is read all the information that we give them. Now, a lot of this stuff takes place inside the park. How do participants get into the park? The majority of the spring event will take place inside of Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure. We've done surveys, and over 95% of our players tell us they have annual passes, so park hopping is not going to be an issue for those players. If you don't have an annual pass or are buying admission to participate in Mouse Adventure, you need to make sure you have a park hopper ticket. Sundays are always blockout dates for the SoCal Select Passport, so those players are going to need to purchase a blockout pass for the day. Now, there have been quite a few people who have participated in Mouse Adventure from the beginning. What's new this year for them? Yeah, we do have a lot of teams that... Even if they haven't played in all 13 editions, they've been with us from the start missing a game here or there. We've actually made a couple of changes to this game. After the last Mouse Adventure, we had a survey of our players, and we asked them, you know, what do you like about the event? What can we do better? And in response to those answers, we've actually made some changes this year. The most noticeable is going to be that we've added a family category. In the past, we've said that children under 13 could not participate with the teams, but we've allowed them to come along with the teams as sort of future mouse adventurers. This time we're dropping the age limit. Children ages 6 through 13 can actually join their parents um, in full teams. They'll actually be full members of their team, and they'll be competing in the family division against other families. Um, that change was made because a lot of families said, you know, we've got a 6 or a 7 or an 8-year-old that loves to come along with us, loves to do the I Spy, and really wants to feel more a part of the team. So that's how we're going to make that happen this time. We're also changing a little bit about the online registration system. Teams will see something new when they go to register this time. And we're changing the way that we communicate with the teams. A lot of teams said that they didn't feel that they got enough communication from us. And in following up with teams, we found out that was because information was being sent to team captains, but not necessarily being forwarded on to all of the players. So we're making some changes this time. Everything that we send out to team captains is going to be posted on the Mouse Planet website. So ev any member of a team can go on the website and see everything, all of the information that we're sending out. Um, including an early copy of the rules, a preliminary event schedule, and lots and lots of helpful hints that have been gathered in seven years of doing this event to help teams have an easier time of it. Is there anything else you'd like to say about Mouse Adventure? I think the thing that surprises people, especially when they play it for the first time, is how different the game is from whatever their expectation is. 
Um, a lot of teams come in expecting that it's going to be just like an amazing race where they're going to be climbing the Matterhorn and swimming in the submarine lagoon. And obviously, there's things that we can't do. I mean, the game happens within the confines of an operating theme park. We are guests of that theme park. And there's a lot we can't do. We can't close down rides. We can't cancel parades. You know, we have to work within the environment of the park as it operates and do as much as we can to minimize um, any impact on day guests. A lot of the quests are paper and pencil word type games, crossword puzzles and word searches and that type of thing. So if you really, really hate those, this may not necessarily be the event for you. Teams are also surprised to find out really how involved the game is. You know, registration is going to start around 9.30 or 10 this time and the awards end at 6 p.m. And pretty much that eight and a half hours in there, you're going to be involved in this game. Not a lot of time to stop and have lunch. You know, we are, we're always kind of amused when we see teams sitting in the middle of a restaurant because we know they're really not paying attention. We really advise teams, you know, be prepared, get a good breakfast beforehand, pack some snacks and some water, and be prepared to go straight all out for eight hours um, if you want to be competitive. Thank you very much for letting us visit with you to talk about Mouse Adventure. Mark and Mike, back to you. Wow. Thanks, Stephen. I had no idea Mouse Adventure was not a board game. We'll repeat the details <laughs> at the end of the show, as well as putting a link to the official Mouse Adventure page with all the information in the show notes. Mouse Station Featured Topic This week, we're talking with Angie and Brian Davis, whose family was the first to stay in a suite inside Cinderella Castle after winning a Good Morning America contest. Uh, we did this interview last night uh, with Angie in Arkansas at home and Brian, who is now back in Iraq. So uh, we had some difficulty with some of the audio, uh, especially with Brian, because the Internet connectivity in Iraq is kind of spotty. Uh, but we had Brian for a while before we lost him and had to resort to text for the remainder of the interview. So let's go to the interview. This week on the Mouse Station Podcast, we've got Angie Davis and Brian Davis, who were the first family to stay in the Cinderella Castle suite after winning a Good Morning America contest. Brian is currently stationed in Iraq, and Angie is back home in Arkansas. And welcome both of you to the uh, Mouse Station Podcast. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Or after or evening, and depending on where you are in the world, uh, it's it's good to have both of you here. And we uh, don't know how long that we're going to have this connection working. So uh, let me start off by asking both of you, what was your first thought when you heard that you won the contest? Disbelief, <laughs> uh, mainly. My biggest concerns were I'm. Uh, 7,300 miles away and a different world away, and she's won this incredible prize, and that I will not be able to sink my days of leave coming home so that she can go on this wonderful trip that she had won. That was my main concerns when she first told me. That's right, and then somehow Disney managed to work it out with the Arkansas National Guard to switch your leave dates so that you would be able to uh, join your family in the castle. Yes, they did. Uh, they actually, between the Arkansas National Guard and all the way up to 
Pentagon levels and command structure levels here within Iraq, they had pushed an email up, and luckily that we were afforded the uh, the ability for a soldier to trade days with me and him go at an earlier time and me go during his time, which just happened to land perfectly on the dates that they needed us to go. That's, right, that's awesome. wonderful. Now, you were able to uh, get all the way home to Arkansas and then go to Disney with your family, or did you meet them there? I was able to come all, make it all the way back to Arkansas and uh, spend a couple of days at the house. Uh, remember that I still have a house, and uh, <laughs> there's still a chair that has my imprint in it. That uh, it's Everything was still there, and uh, the world has not changed as much as I thought it had. And then be able to go on that, go on the trip with the family, load them up. I, I, I'm interested, Brian. How like well, both of you. How like did it make you feel that there's all these people, you know, the National Guard and the Pentagon, all these people that um, were able to work so hard so that you guys were able to share this special moment together. Like, you know, did it really like show how how like all these people like, care about you and. Like, how did that make you feel? It was really an incredible feeling. They, you hear throughout the years of your military career that you always take care of one another. And they showed from that aspect that something incredible had happened to one of their soldiers' families. And that is what they consider their family also, that they could work so hard to make sure that I made it back on time for something that's once in a lifetime, and it really was. That's amazing. That's really cool. The support from the National Guard was absolutely wonderful as well. Uh, all the emails and information that I received uh, through them was nothing but encouraging, and that they were really happy for us that, uh, uh, that we'd won the trip, and, and everyone wanted to do something to make it possible for us to, to be able to go. And so the two of you, your three kids, and Angie's younger sister uh, went down and had a great week down there. You had a tour guide at your disposal for the whole week, and then you got ushered into the suite in Cinderella Castle. Uh, what would you say was the most remarkable thing about the whole trip? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> There was so much. It was the the whole trip was so, it was every hour on the hour you were like, we're gonna do what? <laughs> <laughs> we made quite a few wonderful memories. It was just it was just insane. Because when we first got there, we didn't know we were gonna have a tour guide, and and when he picked us up from the airport, he was like, I'm gonna be with you all week, and we're like, what? Are you serious? He's like, oh, you didn't know you were going to have a tour guide. And we're like, no, we didn't even know they did that. <laughs> it was just, it was just really, it was such an awesome experience. Lord, thought, explain it. That's great. Now, where did they put you up for the other nights when you weren't in the castle? We were in the Wilderness Lodge, which oh, is beautiful. Oh, I love that place. It was really funny because when Brian got home, we were we were looking at the paperwork and everything. Or well, he was looking online and uh, at Disney World, and he was like, "Oh, I wonder where we're going to stay." So he was looking at the different hotels and everything because we didn't know everything was going to be mapped out for us. 
and um, he was looking at the different hotels, and he says, oh, well, wouldn't this be great to stay at the Wilderness Lodge? Look at that. Isn't that great? And we get <laughs> we get there, and then they're like, okay, you're going to be staying at the Wilderness Lodge. We're like, no way. <laughs> oh, yeah. So did you um, get a chance to uh, eat at Whispering Canyon Cafe or Artist Point while you were there? their dinner the first night, babe? Yes, we did. The very first night we were there, we ate dinner within the uh, hotel itself there at the, uh, the Wilderness Lodge, and it was it was great. The The most memorable thing that I find is the people that work there, they really bring, I guess, Disney's dream together full circle. All of them believe in each child each adult, no matter who or where you come from, that they, every person that works at Disney World has a piece of a... Yeah, the uh, cast members really are uh, what makes Disney for a lot of us. Oh, yeah, they're great. It was, and I it think was so we just lost Brian. So much. Uh, well, it looks like uh, we've lost Brian to uh, the sands of uh, Iraq, uh, as his uh, internet connection appears to be down now. So we're going to continue along with uh, Angie, however. So as Brian was talking about Wilderness Lodge and about the cast members, what would you say was um, your best cast member experience during the week? The best cast member? Um, Definitely our tour guide, but... uh, one thing we, we noticed and commented on all week was how much all of the cast members really loved Disney World and they loved the idea of Disney World and they wanted to, uh, you could truly see that they really wanted to make sure that every person there had a magical experience and that, uh, that they had fun and, uh, it, it was just wonderful. They were wonderful. Now, have you guys been Disney fans all along, or uh, just uh, you saw an opportunity for uh, this this uh, magical trip and said, you know, we always want to do this, so let's do it? Oh, we've always been Disney fans. We've always wanted to go and to take the kids, and it's really funny because <laughs> whenever we're going somewhere and the kids ask us, where are we going? We're like, we're going to Disney World. They're like, no, really where we're going so so now i can't say we're going to disney world anymore (laughs) (laughs) you tell them you you tell them you're going again they might believe you (laughs) yeah we've already done that mom (laughs) where are we really going now (laughs) okay i am showing that we don't have enough um, internet strength to get brian via voice but i do have him via chat so i'm asking him the same questions he wanted to I expressed that um, that the wonderful cast members made the whole experience, and it showed him that it was okay to be a kid again um, with his children, and that was very special for him. And his wonderful and his best cast member experience was when our guide set up a wonderful dinner for himself and his wife. You, Angie, is, do you want to? Is that, is that a story we want? We want to hear. That was so wonderful because. Our, our tour guide, just out of the blue, he says, well, I have reserved uh, a dinner for you two, you two at the California Grill, which is one of the nicest restaurants in Orlando, and I'm going to take your kids, and we're going to go to the arcade while you have 
a nice, quiet dinner together. So that was that was a very magical, wonderful two-hour dinner. It was like the best time for, for us. And uh, then he came and got us, and we got the kids and went home, <laughs> or went to back to the hotel. But it was <laughs> absolutely wonderful. That's great. Did they manage to time the dinner so that you were up there for the fireworks? Yes, we were able to see the fireworks and take pictures of them from up there. And it was it was really romantic, and we both kind of got a little teary-eyed, you know, just you know, the, the, got swept away in the moment of being at Disney World and and the reasons why we were at Disney World and and the wonderful things everyone was doing for us and and it was <laughs> gonna get teary out thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was just amazing. It was it was so amazing and beautiful. Very romantic night. That's great. And um and her kids got to experience the magic of the food and fun center of the contemporary resort. <laughs> and also if I remember our our emails, they also got to uh have dinner at Chef Mickey's. Yes, they sure did. Which they loved that. Now let's talk about your uh castle stay. Uh why why don't you uh tell us what you remember most about your night in the castle? The kids, they were so excited, especially about the TVs, of course, because <laughs> there's two of them. One looks like a picture. The other looks like a mirror. And when we first got in there, they uh, were giving us kind of the grand tour, and they were like, oh, and look what this does. And the kids were just like, oh, you know, it was it was really <laughs> awesome. My favorite thing in the castle suite was the bathtub. Oh, my goodness. I think I soaked in it for like three hours. Oh, <laughs> it, it is so gorgeous. <laughs> it, ha- it has the, the, the ceiling looks like the night sky, and it's fiber optic, and, and it was just so relaxing, especially after you've been walking 10 and 12 hours a day, and your feet are tired, and your legs hurt, and, and there's been so much excitement. It was nice to just sit back and, and take a hot bath. <laughs> and the, the, the starry ceiling and the murals on the walls, it was really gorgeous, but they wouldn't let us try it out when we were up there for our 10-minute tour on the press event. So. <laughs> oh, darn, darn. It, 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 it did look really, really wonderful. The, bath, the bathroom, I think, was really one of the highlights of the suite. They did a great job in there. It really is. It really is. And the, the shower just felt like rain, and we want to redo our bathroom. And I, I told Brian, we've got to find one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I want my shower just like that. <laughs> now, now, d- did you use the phone in the throne room? No, I didn't get the chance to. I really didn't have anybody to call anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think the whole reason of that phone being in there is so that you can call somebody and tell them where you are. <laughs> you know, I should have, but I'd already rubbed it enough in my friend's faces here that I was going to Disney World, so they were really hating me that week anyway. <laughs> oh, and so um, when you first got to the suite and you checked in and you got to the lobby downstairs, did you really have any idea of what was waiting for you upstairs? We really didn't, and we didn't know what we had waiting for us downstairs either. Um, I know they had us waiting right outside the castle for, I want to say it was almost an hour, 
And uh, we were like, wow, you know, what's what's the big deal? You know, because I, I just figured we would just go up to the suite and uh, no big deal, which they were videotaping us that day for the Good Morning America. But they kept on saying, well, we've got to get things ready. We've got to get things ready. It's just going to be a little bit longer, a little bit longer. So they had the actual doors closed to the castle. And when they opened the castle, they had uh, Cinderella's court waiting for us along with the red carpet. And that was just outstanding it was just beautiful and um, they all welcomed us to the suite and then they they took us upstairs and then when they opened the elevators there was of course Cinderella which was also a wonderful surprise and the kids were so excited about that so it, it was it was a really neat experience that's they cool. really did a great care of us and uh, you that night you also had uh Dinner at Cinderella's Royal Table, right? We did, and it was so good. Very uh, good food, very good entertainment. Now, that night, did you watch the fireworks from the suite, or were you outside for that? Um, we went downstairs for the Spectro Magic Parade, and then we went back upstairs, and we could hear the fireworks, but we weren't able to see them from inside the suite because the, the glass... Uh, it's stained glass, but we could definitely hear the fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty loud in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. Okay, uh, there's something that I've been wondering. I, although I don't know why you would, did you guys get a wake-up call in your suite at all? Uh, yes, we did. Uh, Brian asked them to call us, I think it was about 3.30 in the morning, because we had to be dressed and ready by 6.45 and downstairs in order to prepare for the Good Morning America shot that morning. And um, Brian answered the phone, and of course we're really tired, and it's 3.30 in the morning. He's like, okay, I'm up, you know. Well, they call us back like five minutes later, and of course we're, <laughs> we went back to sleep. <laughs> so they woke <laughs> us up again. We're like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> we would have slept till noon. <laughs> <laughs> Was it the classic... Um, Mickey um, wake-up call, or was it a personalized wake-up call? Um, I'm just curious. Um, it was a personalized wake-up call, and Excellent. the reason is because whenever you're staying in the suite, right next door is another room, which I, w- I didn't see what was in there, but um, you actually have a 24-hour concierge, and they have a person on staff there that stays up all night in case you need anything. Um, it was just like whenever we uh, the kids fell asleep, uh, we were able to uh, we're, we're smokers and we were able to go outside and go smoke that night. And also, my son woke up the next morning really sick with the flu and he had a pretty high fever. And so I just pushed zero on the phone and told him that Dallas was sick and they were in the suite within two minutes and with this huge first aid kit with like every thing you could think of that you would possibly need from a cough to a broken arm, you know. <laughs> and they had Tylenol in there, and they gave him the Tylenol, and they went on their merry way. <laughs> Mark, maybe that should be the night out of job that I pick up. There you go. This is the night job you want. <laughs> uh, now, you've got two boys and a girl, right? Yes. How did they and your sister, what, what, what was their favorite part of the trip? Well, my sister was um, 
of course, she said on Good Morning America was meeting Cinderella. She's always loved Cinderella since she was two years old, probably. And um, let's see, for Dallas, I would probably say um, the rides, definitely. He loved, uh, what was the ride with the Yeti on it? Um <laughs> My favorite ride. Yes, um, Expedition Everest, Legend of the Forbidden Mountain. Yes, yes, that one. And uh, with <laughs> Kate, definitely Cinderella as well. The girls just, me too, we just went crazy over Cinderella. And um, Colton, <laughs> my high-energy Colton, he just loved everything. <laughs> <laughs> he was just spastic all week. And, of course, every night he had to give you a rundown of everything that we did. <laughs> <laughs> Brian I, notes that his favorite experience, his favorite experience was Di- at Disney MGM Studios. He really enjoyed that park. And that, uh, he has, that, and that he has to head off and go to work. So just thought I would chime in there. And I'll just uh, note on your mention of Colton that I have my own high-energy 8-year-old, so I can identify with that perfectly. Angie, I was wondering, how did you like Expedition Everest? I loved it. It was great. It was wonderful. <laughs> the first time we wrote it, it scared the crud out of us. <laughs> Excellent. We were not Yeti. <laughs> now, now you realize you realize that Mike has a vested interest in this since he was on the test and adjust team for Everest. Oh, is that right? Y- yes, that was I was. Fun. So uh, it's um, I'm biased, very biased, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, I think we wrote it four times. Okay. <laughs> it was now, oh, excellent. That's awesome. Now you just have to pass one other test to have me love you forever. Do you like The Lion King? Loved it. That was the first show we went to. <laughs> and Oh, I loved that show. And I, <laughs> I got emotional over that one, too, because we were they had actually reserved seats for us right up front. And towards the end of the show, they, they start picking out kids to come and dance in the show. And they chose our kids to, to come and dance. And I was like, oh, look at my babies. They're worth the two world. And they're dancing to the Lion King show. So, yeah, that was my favorite show, definitely. Yeah, that's, uh, that has been my pick for number one live show in the parks for some time. Though now uh, the new Finding Nemo show is... Uh, giving that a run for its money. That's a great show, too. It was really neat. But by far, The Lion King is my favorite. <laughs> there we go. That's what I want to hear. My, because Mark, Mike is the world's biggest Lion King fan. I am the world's biggest yeah, Lion King I, fan. I, I see on here, Simba is the king. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's only the beginning of it. You have no idea how deep uh, my love scary. for Lion King goes. You have oh, really? no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me you do one of the voices in the in the movie, do you? Um, no. no, but we should maybe switch topics before the show becomes symbolized. Yes, because Mike has a tendency to do that. Hey, um, hey, hey! You have your own tendencies too, Mark. We're not getting into that in public. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're family but, friendly podcast. Yes, exactly. So. Um, you also got to attend the uh, big party the night after you stayed in the suite. Yes, that was incredible. Even though it was really, really cold, I think we were 
out there for a good three or four hours. And mm-hmm. we were meet some celebrities and we saw uh, Daniel Powder live in concert. And we were also able to meet the next family who was actually the first family from the park to yep, stay the night in the castle. And um, they were very nice. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And it was amazing to us that the park closed at 630 and by 7 o'clock, Disney was completely ready for this. They had uh, tables of food everywhere and drinks and performers and flowers and giveaways and all this stuff just in 30 minutes. And we were just like, how do they do all this? You know? It's magic. <laughs> it's pixie dust. Come on. Oh, it's magic. It's magical. They just snap but, their fingers. They have to. But as good as the food was, the dessert was better. I run my house. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but but as good as the uh, the main food was, the desserts were better, weren't they? What was that? As good as the food in Fantasyland was, the desserts on Main Street were better, weren't they? Oh yes. Oh, they. We went to Main Street, which was on the other, of course on the other side of the castle for dessert and coffee and all of a sudden all these people with these dessert trays just start handing you all these different desserts and you're like oh wow one of them was like an Oreo cookie with a uh, uh, Mickey Mouse ears on it right the Mickey Mouse right picture of them it was great actually my sister took a bite of the ear then took a picture of it but it was cute (laughs) but they were so wonderful did you take the chocolate shots Mm -mm. the little cups full of liquid chocolate no I, I didn't see those darn it ah See, now I need to favorite. go back to it again. I missed <laughs> something. <laughs> you just have to get invited to another press event. That's all. Exactly. <laughs> Who needs chocolate shots? Let's go to Boma and have zebra domes. Five Dome of Boma. Do what? I didn't hear that. Oh, sorry. And did you guys ever eat at um at the Animal Kingdom Lodge at all during your stay? Um, Animal Kingdom Lodge. I think that's where we ate breakfast, did a character breakfast at. Do they do a character breakfast? I don't think so. Uh, no, I was just wondering. Um, we went through Disney World so fast. I understand. Yeah, I'm sure it was a whirlwind. They're hard to remember the names of. Oh, I yeah, especially for a first trip. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, we hit all of the parks in in six days. Really, five days because the last day we were we pretty much the majority of us were sick with the flu. But, um, and we had to leave at off at four, but, um, I have never walked so much and so fast in my whole entire life. We did everything so quickly, which it was wonderful because we got to do so much stuff and I just couldn't believe by the end of the week, there was more stuff out there that we didn't do. It's amazing. You can stay, depending on the season, you can be there for two weeks and not do everything there is to do. Because once you start going outside the parks and you do, you know, the horseback riding and the boats and everything else, you know, there's just so much to do. See, we didn't do the horseback riding. Do, um, Darn it. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's trail rides. It's not free riding. Well, it's still fun. Hey, we have to go back now. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> horseback riding. <laughs> you do have to go back. Okay, Angie, I, I'm kind of wondering... 
Um, did you do? I know you most probably spent most of your time in the theme parks, but did you guys? Were you guys able to do anything outside of the four major theme parks? Any of the other recreational uh, activities that are offered? Other than take the child to the doctor, no. Mm-hmm. We we on the parks at the parks the whole time. Well, there's a lot to do. <laughs> oh yeah, it's very very busy. I assure you. I think we were we were actually downstairs every morning between 8 and 8.30, and we wouldn't get back in the hotel until around 10 or 11 at night, um, sometimes actually later than that. And then you think about getting the kids unwound, getting them bathed, and ready for bed, and then you doing the same thing. You're looking at about five hours a night of sleep. Well, so Angie, you know, you know what that means, though, right? What? It means you're. It's the, that's the training for Mouse Fest every year. It's a Disney convention <laughs> that all of us Disney fanatics go to, and it's just like that. Three hours of sleep a night. But I'm. It's awesome that you guys had an, a fun time. And did I hear that right, Mark? Was this your guys's first trip to Disney World? Oh yes, it was our first trip. Well, we had never been. What could be more magical than that? That's really awesome. That's really amazing. That's really cool. Now, yeah, we'll never be able to go on on a trip to Disney World and not think back. Oh, the first time was the best. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's interesting because no matter how many times you do go, there's always some new magical moment to be made on the later trips. Oh yeah. You know, every time I every time I go, there's always something magical that happens. I, I can't imagine it being any any other way. Yep. Now, let me um, also mention, I know that you and Brian are kind of a very special story that you kind of found each other and lost each other and found each other again. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a crazy story. <laughs> but... Uh, how how long have you been back together now? Well, we have been married um, six years in July. Um, so we've been together this time uh, for a total of seven and a half years. That's great. And hopefully uh, a couple of months after your anniversary, uh, you will uh, have Brian back for good from overseas. So it's um, our fifth year anniversary, and he's going to miss our sixth anniversary as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, you got you got to kind of celebrate your fifth and a half anniversary in style. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, you never know. Seventh anniversary, we might go back to Disney World. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, there's no better trip planning site than MassPlanet.com. Oh. <laughs> if we're going to go there, there. just um, <laughs> you should book with Small World Vacations, Mouse Planet's preferred <laughs> travel provider. Okay, enough let's, of that. Let's, before we turn this into a plug fest. Um, Angie, if you had to sum up your Walt Disney World experience into one word, what would it be? Magical. Definitely magical. As it was. I'm just so happy that you were able to have your first Disney 
world experience on such an amazing opportunity and just something that you'll never that's a once in a lifetime experience and it's just it's awesome how it all worked out um brian was able to um get his leave switch so you're able to experience it with a fa- with all you guys you know as a family it was your first trip to disney world it's just you couldn't you couldn't write, plan it any better than that no it could never be planned any better than that it was it was uh just really strange how everything panned out from the time that i entered the contest until uh, we were back home because I, I never would have dreamed when I was entering the contest that that we would ever win. And um, I guess I was just in one of those weird moods that day whenever I came across the website with the contest. And uh, I was kind of thinking about my husband. And uh, so I, I, I wrote him the note and, and, and sent the picture in like they asked and never thought I'd hear another word. And when they called me, and and said, you know, hey, this is blah blah with ABC, and uh, we really liked your picture. I really, for the first two seconds of the phone call, I thought it was a prank call. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then once he verified himself, I was like, no way! <laughs> is this a cool joke? <laughs> well, and it, was, it is a really great picture. I got to say, it's a great picture. Oh well, thank you, thank you so much. My my sister in law. It was my husband was actually leaving to um, go to Fort Sill for the four months of training that they did before they left for Iraq, and the kids were kind of piled up on him, and I'm sitting beside him, and it was, of course, I was bawling the whole time, and the kids were crying, and and I didn't even know my sister in law was taking the pictures at the time because I was just into you know Brian leaving and everything, and. And then she sent them to me on email, and I was like, wow, what a picture. I, I have it all over my house. I have it in my kitchen. I have a 16 by 20 in my living room. I have a bedroom. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's my most favorite picture in the world. Yep. And we'll be running the picture as well with the, uh, the story, with the rest of the story that uh, we discussed via email which should run the Tuesday after this podcast goes live on the site. So that should be Tuesday, March 13th. Uh, You also sent us another photo that looks like it's somewhere at Disney's Animal Kingdom, maybe in front of the Tree of Life. Mm. Oh, the one with all of us? Yeah. Is that the one that I sent you? Yes, you're exactly right. So we'll we'll have that picture... uh, of the uh, Davis family before the castle stay by a day or two uh, in with that story as well. (laughs) Um, Okay. I don't know if I'm qualified to ask this question to you, Angie, but you have one daughter, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you guys have any cool Disney shopping experiences during your vacation? Um. I'm just curious. Well... We were so, I love to shop. That's like my forte is to shop. And I wanted to do more shopping whenever we were there. But we were on such a time schedule with making all of the mm-hmm. shows. We we didn't get very much time to shop. Okay. We were able to go to Disney downtown, I think, Friday. But at the time, I had to take my son to the doctor because he had the flu. So Brian and the kids 
and the other two kids got to go shopping, and I didn't. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> you were over eccentric here? He hates to shop. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, I said, see, you should have went to the doctor with the kid. I should have went shopping. He's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you got to uh, spend the morning over at Centricare, or at a different doctor? Yeah. Well, we had to we had to go off um, off of the the uh, the parts to to go to the doctor. I can't remember the clinic that we went to, but it's it's right outside the the gate. That that's Centricare. I'm very familiar with that as well. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Then that's what it was. I don't remember. Yes, for, for a while there, it seemed like every trip. Somebody had to go to center care for something. <laughs> Is that right? Yep, whether it was a cold or a sprained ankle or something. Uh, it was like three or four oh. trips in a row that somebody had to go to center care. Yeah, I'm also very familiar with central care living a half mile away from it for almost a year. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but it's, a, it's a cool service that if our listeners don't know, you can read more about on the Mouse Planet site that... You know, it's right there. They'll pick you up at your Disney Resort if you get sick. And, you know, it's it's a good service that they provide to visitors that a lot of cities don't have. So. Oh, absolutely. I wish they had stuff like that here because I know that they don't. Yeah. felt really sorry for the people beside us because I was, I was sitting there thinking to myself, oh, goodness, as soon as we got out Dallas and the I was like, oh, look at this. You know, we're on this magical vacation, and, and here we're starting to all get the flu, and we're all sick, and... Then next to us, there was a couple with their kids at Disney World, and the dad was really, really sick, very sick. And um, the doctor came in there and, and, and told him that uh, he thought that his appendix was rupturing. And it was in the middle of their vacation, mm-hmm. and I don't know where they lived, but he was going to have to have surgery, and they didn't have any medical insurance. And I was just like, oh, okay, I don't feel sorry for myself anymore. Never mind. We can all have the flu, and I'm yeah. going to be happy. <laughs> you know, it was really horrible. It's it's amazing, no matter how bad that you think you have it, um, you always come across somebody else that makes you realize that you're actually very lucky. Absolutely, absolutely. So it made me feel, you know, not better as far as them, but better about the situation of, of Dallas being sick. And I, I knew that we were all going to have the flu by the time we left. So yep. I was thankful once again. <laughs> but you also had a wonderful trip and wonderful memories that you'll be able to hold for a lifetime now. Oh, cherish them forever. It's an ama- yeah, you guys had an amazing once in a lifetime experience and hopefully you'll be able to every time you go back to a Disney park or watch a Disney film or hear one of those special Disney songs that you'll be able to think of not so much all the cool things you did but who you spent it with because that after all is what makes a vacation special. Oh, absolutely. It was it's such an emotional week for us because not only with Brian being there and and being able to share and all that magical fun that we were having, um, but we were all together, which was something that we wouldn't have been able to do even with him coming home because the kids would have been in school and, and uh, I would have been having to work and, you know, we were just able to spend that whole week together. And then to be able to do it at Disney World, 
it just doesn't get better than that by any means. I can't think of anything that would be better than that. Angie, thank you so much for talking with us. And, thank you. And uh, Brian, um, when you uh, hear this, uh, when you were able to download it on Thursday, thank you so much for talking with us as well. Thanks for doing what you're doing there, and stay safe, come home safe. Yeah, um, thanks, Angie, um, for talking with us. Yeah. It, being Mark and myself couldn't be happier for you and what you're able to experience. And Brian, thanks for um, talking for the short time you did, and again, just thanks for serving the country, serving us over there in Iraq. I know it's not easy to be away from your family, and um, just thanks again, man. That was one of the most enjoyable interviews we've ever performed for a couple of reasons. First of all, we did the interview together, which that, is cool. That, kind of cool and kind of unusual. Though we'll have another joint interview in a couple of weeks. Yes, which is very exciting. And it was just an awesome story. Like we said in an interview, it's just a great story. And that is what makes Disney great, the special family moments. And honestly, this is the ultimate magical moment so what do you think i think it also shows how much pull disney has that they were able to get the national guard and i think the did brian say the army as well that they got them to play around and shift his leave so that he would be able to take this trip brian also said that it went all the way up to the pentagon some of the pentagon officials assisting in that as well but that's right. We we want to point out that Brian did mention, although I'm sure Disney had a point a part in it, that his um his brothers in the armed forces really was encouraging and supporting him so that he could have this experience with his family. So you know, I'm sure Disney had a part to play in it, but we want to remember that there was also a lot of people in the arm in the in our armed services that probably, you know, but did as much as they could in whatever positions they held to make sure Brian could share this ultimate experience. So I want to make sure to give the props where the props is, is due. You know, a lot of people pulled together to make this happen, and uh, it's just an absolutely great story. It's amazing. And we just, it was, and how cool is it that it's their first time ever to Walt Disney World, honestly? Yeah, it's, it makes it even uh, wilder for, for their first experience. It's going to be. Hard to top, but they'll still have, I'm sure they'll have other magical moments in the future. We'll just wait until it, ne- next time, we'll get at, we'll put them up at Pop Century. You know? They'll be blown <laughs> away. The hustle will be the best experience ever. Uh, anyway. Yeah. You know, you know, we'll have to re- repost that uh, video of you doing the hustle that we had out of the <laughs> Magical Moment podcast. Maybe next time I can get you to join in. But anyway, switching topics. Any, well, any, anyway, um, since we had so many magical moments in uh, that interview, we're not going to have a separate magical moment on the show. We'll pick up with a, with a separate segment on next week's show. But in the meantime... If you've got a magical moment that you'd like to share with our other listeners, you can send it to stories at mouseplanet.com or call the toll-free feedback line at 1-866-939-2278. Your story may appear on the podcast and will also be considered for inclusion in our cast place column on the Mouse Planet website. And don't forget 
that the magical moments are best when they're told in your voice. So call that feedback line. Featured Attraction. In our Featured Attraction segment, we talk about one attraction from a Disney park, giving you information from Mouse Planet's park guides. This week, we'll look at Disney's Aladdin, a musical spectacular at Disney's California Adventure. This is an awesome attraction that I personally enjoy. It is located inside the Hyperion Theater at the back of Hollywood Pictures Backlot. It opened January 16th of 2003. 2,000 seats and five shows a day. All the major characters from the movie Aladdin, which is the storyline it follows, if the title didn't give it away, are in the show. There's no photos autographs allowed, and currently there's no sponsor. Wait times are, if you want to sit in one of the front rows, you want to show up about 20 to 25 minutes before the doors open for showtime. Length of show is 45 minutes. There's currently not a fast pass, but there are, in a lot of the different packages, you can get um, reserved seating tickets that you can use. The queue description is a courtyard outside of the theater, which is chain corrals, and divisions for the area of the theater you'll be able to sit in. Balcony, mezzanine and ground floor. For access considerations, all three levels are wheelchair and ECV accessible, though only in designated areas on each level. To reach the second or third levels, contact a cast member for assistance with the elevator. Service animals are allowed, which, you know, your service animal would definitely enjoy the show. Assistive listening devices for the show are available from guest services, and sign language interpretation is available by appointment one week in advance by calling Disneyland Guest Services. There is no height restriction, obviously no child swap, and the show should be fine for most children, but it will be long for some children to sit through. Now, there are several thoughts on where to sit for the show. If you want to be right up close to the majority of the show, then you can sit up in the front row, but then you're going to miss or have a hard time seeing some of the rest, as there are times when there are characters in the aisles of the theater, and there is a scene with the magic carpet that uh, the characters are up in the air. So if you want your best shot at seeing all of it, you probably want to be in the front of the mezzanine um, or the balcony so that you can see everything that's going on. I think the mezzanine is my preferred location. I personally love this show. It's, you know, it's an awesome stage show. And as he did in the movie, the genie steals the show. He's the reason that the show exists, basically. And it's really funny, really enjoyable. Um, the jokes will change based on when you see it. For example, at the end, the genie says his famous line. I'm going to Disneyland. And then, you know, does that. Well, I experienced this show on a day Disneyland was closed to the public and California Adventure was open. Well, when the genie said that, he came back. To, he, when he came back, he's like, hey, Al, Disneyland's closed, which the audience enjoyed because they were, the audience was all the people that weren't allowed to go to Disneyland and were forced to go to Disney California Adventure for the day. So yeah, that was, the, the, the genie will uh, often throw in uh, whatever the latest pop culture reference is as well. Which is fun. But the sets are wonderful. The uh, flying carpet effect is great. 
I love the parade through the aisles. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm not going to ruin the details of of what they do in the aisles. Just just a great fun show. And of course, we'll have a link to that uh, park guide page in the show notes. Review system spotlight. Once again, we spotlight reviews of one restaurant or resort from Mouse France Review System. This week, we're going to look at Les Salières at Epcot's Canada Pavilion, which is rated 4.7 out of 5 planets on a strength of 22 reviews. A brand new review that was rated helpful by 2 out of 2 people who ranked it was a 5-planet review by Craig C. of Memphis, Tennessee, who visited on February 16th and 21st, must really liked it, 2007. The review reads as follows. We were seated promptly for our 1 o'clock lunch reservation. It was our first time in the restaurant, and we enjoyed the explanation of the way the different areas of the dining room represented different regions of Canada. The food was just delicious. The cheese soup is incredibly good. I also had the sandwich with hickory barbecue and warm potato salad. Also delicious. The service was near perfection. Friendly, knowledgeable, relaxed. A very good experience. While we were waiting to be seated... We noticed a man come up to the hostess and asked to order cheese soup and breadsticks to go. They brought it out to him in a to-go cup with the bread wrapped up. I thought that was a great idea, and I did the same several days later. It was great to take such a delicious lunch out and find a nice spot in the World Showcase to enjoy the scenery and food. We had heard a lot of great things about Les Celliers, and when we finally enjoyed it for ourselves, it was even better than we had imagined. A real must-experience restaurant. I must agree. I've had the cheese soup, which does have a little bit of bacon in it. Yep, the cheddar I, cheese soup with bacon. Great, yeah, cheddar great, cheese great soup with bacon. And put it this way, I'm someone that loves that soup so much as a person who never <laughs> happens to eat any hard meats, no beef and no pork. I'll take the cheese soup just simply be, and with a little bit of bacon, and I'll deal with it just because it's that good. Yep, it's really I I love that soup, and the breadsticks are also fabulous. Yes, and I've never I've never thought to get the uh, stuff to go and just take it around and find a place to sit in World Showcase before though. I'll have to. Try I didn't that. know that was an option either. I was you know when we were going to do this restaurant before I read this review. I was going to recommend doing the Food and Wine Festival. Make sure to pick up a cup of the soup because they serve it there for about two bucks or three bucks. But now that I know you can get it anytime, I might be making um, lunch stops there for snacks a lot more often. should also note that Lisa is also um, noted for being one of Mike Scopa's favorite restaurants uh, as they jokingly refer to the 20-ounce strip steak as the Scopa special, so we would be remiss uh, without reminding our Mass Planet fans of that, because I'm sure that you Scopa fans are out there as well. But I don't think that I've ever had a bad meal there, at least since it switched over, back when it was uh, a buffeteria in the old days. Um, <laughs> it uh, It was okay, but nothing fabulous. But now that it's a Table service restaurant. It's it's really a wonderful place to eat. Hard to imagine that as a buffeteria. Yep, 
that was uh, part of our first round of making sure that we dined at every food place at Epcot. Uh, those trips. Anyway, uh, we'll put a link to the Les Ayer, uh review page in the show notes. Don't forget that you can access the user reviews section of Mouse Planet from a link on the left-hand side of any page. Just click user reviews. And don't forget to post your own reviews when you come back from your trip. Incoming transmission. Mouse, Mouse station, station listener, listener feedback. feedback. All right, so in listener feedback this week, we've got a few emails and a voicemail. We're going to start it off with an email from Kathy Glennon, who writes, Mark and Mike, I was surprised in show number eight when you talked about Spaceship Earth stopping in various seemingly random scenes that you didn't explain why this happens. For example, my mother-in-law cannot walk or even stand easily. When she rides Spaceship Earth, they need to temporarily stop the continuous loading of the Omnimover to allow her to board the vehicle. Obviously, this problem may occur with all Omnimover rides. It may be more apparent with Spaceship Earth because of its 14-minute length and its popularity with Epcot visitors. That's true, and uh, we did neglect to mention that, and we probably should have. But yes, Spaceship Earth will frequently stop due to loading issues as it's a continuously loading Omnimover on a circular section of the track. Uh, and there's still only a very limited amount of time that people have to get into the vehicle. So with people who move more slowly, they do need to either slow down or stop the entire attraction to allow them the opportunity to get on or to get off. Yeah, we really should have mentioned that. And it's not because of lack of caring. It's just we forgot. and It was late at night. Forgive us. But Kathy does make a good point that with all attractions that are continuously loading, you will have, um, there will be um, pauses that let those guests exit and enter um, as necessary. So. Yep. so thanks for pointing that out, Kathy. Hey, Mark. What, Mike? It's amazing. You know that prize we gave away? Yeah. Like, in the, when we started? Mm-hmm. The Todd Bro? Mm-hmm. Well, he received it. He wisely chose the Mouse Station t-shirt um, as his t-shirt choice, and he gave us a voicemail about it. How about we listen to that? Sure. Hello, Mark and Mike. This is Todd in Lafayette, Louisiana. I was just giving y'all a call to tell y'all thank you very much for the uh, Mouse Planet mug and the Mouse Station t-shirt. I was the winner of uh, your, you guys' first contest, and I received it last week, so I just wanted to call and... Uh, Tell you how much appreciated uh, the gift of the prize. So uh, I just that's about it. Just wanted to tell you that and keep up the good work with the podcast. And uh, I did want to say that I do like the uh, format, how you'll have the news as a separate uh, podcast. Keep up the good work and talk to you guys later. Bye. Wow. Thanks, Todd. It was our pleasure to be able to give you your shirt and mug. Um, I'm, trust glad, us. I'm glad that uh, they made it to you safely. And wear the shirt often, and use the mug a lot, you know. And of course, and walk on your, around. And of course, on your next trip to a Disney park, make sure to wear the shirt. Yeah, you know, work work it in on a couple TV appearances, whatever works up for you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. we're glad you enjoyed it, Todd, and thanks for your support. All right, heading around the world now, we have an email from Paula from New Zealand, who writes. Hi, Mike and Mark. Loved show number seven. 
In terms of dining reservations, is there any way to do a dining reservation other than calling Disney Dining, such as faxing or emailing dining requests? The thought of making a very expensive long-distance phone call through multiple time zones really doesn't appeal. Not to mention that cast members often struggle with my accent, so I don't relish the idea of doing it on the phone. I think this may be an area that Disney needs to do a little work for overseas guests. Great show, team. Keep up the good work. Thanks in advance, Paula. Well, at this point, I don't know of any way to make a dining reservation other than calling dining. Um, One thing that I might recommend is if you use a uh, Disney-focused travel agent, they can take care of making all the reservations for you uh, so that that way it'll be a domestic call for them and they also won't be calling at unusual hours in order to catch dining while they're open and they won't be juggling time zones in their head because again it's it's a domestic call so because when travel agents are booking your vacation for you they're not charging you anything extra so they're in addition to finding you the best deal they get paid by disney and all you get is the best rate and good service and then pretty much all the disney focused travel agents are willing to go and take care of making all of your dining reservations for you if you'd like. Um, Of course, Small World Vacations is Mouse Planet's preferred Disney travel provider. There are others, but we work with Small World. We have another email from John Boland from Sydney, Australia. He replied to my call on the air for anyone that has seen The Lion King in Sydney, Australia. And the Broadway production, theatrical production, is what we were referring to. Well, John came through, and he writes, Mike and Mark, it was great to listen to your last week's show and hear you recognize Australia as one of your largest listener segments. During the show, you were keen to find out how good the Lion King stage show was when it appeared in Australia. Although I am not a show reviewer or critic, I am happy to give it a go and try to describe this spectacular as best I can. The Lion King was everything we were promised. Big, heartwarming, and at times stunningly beautiful. With music that made your heart race and puppetry that made you gasp. Best of all, it took our family right out of the realm of a well-known Disney film into a richly rewarding theatrical performance. From a spectacular opening with the thrilling voice of Rafiki as he calls up the magic and all the animals of the savannah. The show went from one highlight to another. There were many times during the performance that we forgot that we were in a theater in Sydney and not in the wilds of Africa. The stage design was spectacular with dazzling color and props and was complemented by soulful music that transported the audience to an African savanna. Although I wasn't able to view the show when I last visited the States, I am sure if it was half as good as it was here in Sydney, that every audience member was left with a lasting memory of this spectacular show. I have attached the official Australian press back for you, which will visually demonstrate what I have tried to describe in writing. Keep up the great work on the show. Wow, where can I start? First of all, the press pack was very stunning, and I was quite thankful for that email with uh, that inclusion, which is pretty cool. And thanks, John. Thanks for um, filling my... Love a Lion King even more. 
See, you got John helping you out with Lion King from Australia. You had uh, Angie Davis was a Lion King fan when you asked her about it on the feature. You're just on a Lion King roll this week. I am on a Lion King roll. Do they serve those with butter or... uh, Sorry, never mind. (laughs) Anyway. And our final email this week comes from Jeremy Muse from Sacramento, California, who writes, Hey guys, first I'm coming to you after being a constant listener from the Inside the Magic and the Mouse Tunes, rest in peace, podcast, and a huge fan of Skipper Ben's. While your show is getting better every week, there is something that is missing. It's music. I don't mind that it's not Disney music because you said you weren't allowed to, but you need to do something. Maybe hire a band so you can have some background music. I think it would definitely liven up the show. You two are definitely getting more relaxed, which means that the humor in the show is starting to increase, which is awesome. I'm no longer sleepy at the end of the show, which I was at the end of show number one. (laughs) Great job, and I can't wait to hear what else you have for us. Well, first of all, I'm glad you're no longer sleepy at the end of the show, because we are. We we recorded this thing in the middle of the night, and we're exhausted by the end. So uh, if we get a little slap happy, it's it's because we're tired. Uh, But thanks thanks for your comments. Um, As as far as music is concerned, uh, yeah, music is something that we'd like to add in the future. But right now, we don't have the uh, wherewithal to do that because we're running kind of tight here. If if there's somebody out there, a listener that has some musical talent and wants to submit some music for consideration uh, that we can use at no cost, please feel free to contact us at podcast at mouseplanet.com. Otherwise, uh, we'll hold that for the future. It's something that we're going to look at, but we don't have yet. So... Uh, Thanks for the uh, note, Jeremy. It's good to hear uh, that information from you, and it uh, helps to point up some things that are part of our future plan. I, I also want to do, at this point, a, an update on the video download problem. Thanks to some help from listener Jen Davis, we were able to narrow down the location of the problem. We found out that it was largely due to iTunes and the way that iTunes was parsing our feed. So I made a change to the feed, and it looks like we've resolved the problem. The number of downloads with errors has decreased immensely, and it looks like everything is going through cleanly now. So if you had a if you had an error trying to download the bonus video from episode six and gave up after too many errors, you can go back and give that a try now and you should be able to pull it down. If you are still having problems pulling it down, uh, send an email, let us know what kind of uh, operating system you have, what you're using to download the video, whether it's your browser or iTunes or whatever, and we'll see what we can do to figure out your problem. So what do you think of the show? Let us know. You can send us feedback via email at podcast at mouseplanet.com or call our toll-free feedback line at 1-866-939-2278. 
Don't forget that we love voicemails because then we can put your voice on the show and not just listen to us all the time. If you'd like to submit a story for our Magical Moments segment, you can send it to stories at mouseplanet.com or use the toll-free feedback line. Stories submitted for the Magical Moments segment will also be considered for inclusion in our Cast Place column on the Mouse Planet website. And don't forget that the Magical Moments are best when they're told in your voice. So call that feedback line. And don't forget that Magical Moments are best when they're told in your voice. Also, if you like the show, please go out to the iTunes podcast directory and rate us. And don't forget that you can get your Mouse Planet or Mouse Station t-shirts or other fun, cool stuff at the Mouse Planet Cafe Press store, which is located online at cafepress.com slash mouseplanet. We'd just like to remind you that the Spring 2007 Mouse Adventure will be held on Sunday, April 29th at the Disneyland Resort. Registration opens today and will continue through April 19th or until the event is sold out. Visit mouseplanet.com slash mouseadventure for more, more details. Well, I would love to be able to join everyone at Mouse Adventure. Um, I've never been to one, and I will one day. I'm very excited about just experiencing it. It seems like an awesome event. But that will be the first day of a conference I'll be attending in Walt Disney World. So I'll be on the complete opposite side to attend, unfortunately. Mark, are you going to be there? No, I'm going to be walking for charity, which must mean that it's time for the weekly Walk America plug. Do, do, do. <laughs> um, this is the second year that I am participating in the Walk America event to benefit the March of Dimes. We are once again walking to try to raise money for March of Dimes' expanded mission to improve the health of babies by preventing birth defects, premature birth, and infant mortality. Uh, For more information on why I'm walking and how to donate, go to walkamerica.org slash DisneyDad. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. Right now, uh, thanks to... Readers, listeners, family, and friends, we are more than one-third of the way towards my $4,000 goal. We still have over a month and a half to go. So please, if you are feeling charitable, this is a great cause. Please go out, check out my page, see if it's something that you are interested in supporting, and if it moves you then come and uh, join us in supporting the March of Dimes. So that'll wrap it up for this week. Don't forget to visit mouseplanet.com for the complete park updates every Monday and fresh content every weekday. For more Disney news, check out our Mouse Planet Watch podcast, which is also available from our podcast page at mouseplanet.com slash podcast. You'll find our show notes in the Columns General Forum on our Mousepad discussion forums. They're also linked from the podcast page. We'd like to thank our audio engineer, Stephen Ng, for making us sound so good, as well as for that great Mouse Adventures segment with Adrian Vincent Phoenix. Next week, we'll have more news, information, and other fun stuff. Until then, I'm Mike Demopoulos, reminding you that it takes people to make their dream a reality. And I'm Mark Goldhaber, reminding you to live the magic every day. See you next week. Namaste. Welcome back, explorers. Please collect all your personal belongings and exit through Circus Zong on your left. Thanks. Enjoy the rest of your day at Disney's Animal Kingdom. I mean, 
See you next week.